We're back. What? Enforced hiatus. Sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties. Yeah, technically, I really work hard at my job, so <laughs> we didn't have time for the last... Uh, no, we had time. We were exhausted, and we sounded exhausted. Yeah, we did record one, and maybe someday we'll play it for you guys, but it, it was not good. It was bad. Yeah. So... I'll say that I am grateful that, and I'm super happy. Let me tell you what I like this week. I like that we're doing this. Okay. I like that I get to watch Dynamite with Adelaide Laurie, because this is We Like What We Like, and I am Javier Augusto. Adelaide, what do you like? Why, thank you. I like that I was playing around with my website, AdelaideLaurie.com. And cheap plug, <laughs> cheap, cheap plug. plug. And I included a soundbite of me reading the back of my first book, and it sounded pretty good. Well, we have discussed this. Your voice is pretty good. Thanks. And we have picked up a couple more listeners, although we probably lost a couple with the wait time between I, episodes. I blame you. It was my fault. We're going to get everybody back, and we're going to keep giving you good content. And if nothing else, it'll at least sound good. But what are we doing tonight? We're going to watch Dynamite, and you know what that means. Wrestling! Another podcast episode. Oh, right. <laughs> Card right now? No, I think we'll take this one. We're going to try something new and go match by match. Agreed. The one thing I am looking forward to tonight is, of course, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes 3. Jesus. <laughs> if Arn Anderson comes down the stage... And points his stubby little finger at any point. They're in Orlando, folks. I'm going to drive down there. And I'm going to be like, Arn Anderson, go away. <laughs> They're right down the road. They are. And because of how hard we've been working, we're not at the show tonight. Yeah, we are. This is so sad for us because we actually would have gone. Next time. It's, All right. We have to get time. this going because I, I have to meet Tony Khan. So if he's there, because we're best friends, he just doesn't know it yet. I'm just saying. Well, that's true. You are. Yeah. We've been discussing it for weeks now. I mean, his dad did hire my least favorite coach for his team. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Urban Liar. Here it is. The <laughs> Gator is out. Um, but whatever. Let's, let's go. Let's dynamite <laughs> it out. We'll see you guys after the first match. First match. First promo. First segment. We're going to do the promo first, even though it came second, only because the match is the star of this first segment. Yeah. And I think it deserves its time. What do you think? I agree. The promo is after the match, camera shot of uh, Nikes on the feet of four men. And of course, this is going to be the elite. Yeah. It's uh, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks. Nice. Absolutely correct. It's immediate. Kenny Omega just goes against a hangman promo saying how he's going to face him at full gear and he knows who he really is and his insecurities and there's nothing special about him. He's running through negative one's diaper supply. Silly. Faster than he's running through the moonshine he has at home. Mm. And then he does a weird line, which, I mean, it could have been better, but he said instead of everybody chanting cowboy shit they're chanting coward shit right it seemed awkward but he is canadian so i have no uh, i have no opinion about that i mean both of us looked at each other and said why wouldn't you just say chicken shit i know i know like 
It would have been easier. You don't have to rhyme coward and cowboy. Like, that doesn't it, it, have, do, it doesn't rhyme. Yeah, it doesn't have to work. Like, the alliteration doesn't work. But then work. he thanked Adam Cole for that. And they're like, oh, young books are like, oh, you gave him that. So that was kind of funny. But That is kind of funny. So maybe actually. it was lame on purpose. I'm, I think Kenny does lame on purpose. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this match. Yeah, man. This is a match that surprised me. I have to look at notes. <laughs> All right. We're talking about... The first match of the night is The Natural, Dustin Rhodes, versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Yeah. What did what, what do you think? I mean, I, I was under the impression it was going to be a, a shorter match. And I don't know why. I just thought it would be less time. Right. I don't really see Dustin wrestle that much anymore. Right. So it was um, surprising. I enjoyed it. I really liked the handshake in the beginning. Yes, they did a very sort of Ring of Honor thing. And then I noted that... Uh, Are we just going to skip over the fact that I knew a move? What, what, the we handshake. haven't gotten there yet. The handshake. I'm <laughs> counting it. I am oh so counting goodness. it. Are you really <laughs> counting a handshake as a move? Yeah. All right. You gave me spit in the face, so I'm taking handshake too. Fair Okay. Yes. Fair, fair. Look, the thing that I think was most interesting here is, is that Brian Danielson has wrestled all over the world. And he's, he's wrestled as an indie guy. And he wrestled in WWE and was huge there. Dustin Rhodes, he's always been a big fed wrestler. And then WWE, then WCW, then WWE, and now AEW. I mean, he's a... I don't know. I just I think that that's uh, it's kind of interesting that you're talking about two different types of generations of wrestlers. Yeah, it was it was interesting to watch. I th- I like the way they built it too because it, it started out kind of slow, um, where uh, Dustin was kind of cowering in the corner like like an animal trapped, and like he even said like get away from me at one point. Right, because you got uh, Brian Danielson is just working him over for right. the entire. He's working his legs. He's working his arms. When uh, Dustin finally gets his uh, sort of comeback heat for a second, he gets uh, low bridged out of the ring. Right. So so it kind of built and it, it built slowly but effectively. Um, they did the um, the senton like Dustin did a senton bomb outside off the apron. Yeah, that's two. That's very nice. <laughs> I think that the interesting part about this is that. This is the thing that we didn't sp- speak about in the beginning of this match, is that this is the title eliminator. This is the right. first title eliminator match, which we sort of missed when we were first getting into this match. Right. Which is probably why we thought it was going to be a shorter match, because I thought it was going to be a shorter match, too. Well, you know, I, you just figure, like, it's going to be something they're trying to get out of the way. Not like... I, and I sh- we, I guess we shouldn't, but we've all been been properly groomed. Yes, we have been... By um, another company. Yeah, no, we've absolutely been indoctrinated into a bad so, behavior pattern. Correct. Yeah, that's why I called it grooming. I, I got your point. <laughs> I don't think we need to go down that Sorry. road. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, there was um, uh, Brian Danielson doing the elbow stomp and, and um, then a super, super clean... Um, uh-oh. Pa- power slam? Yes. From Dustin? Yeah, that running power slam that Dustin does, which is probably the... It's the best power slam in all of wrestling. It was amazing. It's the best power slam in wrestling. I'll I'll go... I'll I'll sign that on anything if someone wants it or even cares for my opinion, but it is the cleanest power slam in all of wrestling. Yeah. um, And then a couple of kicks and chops. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because Brian Danielson got a uh, yes slash woo chance while he has... uh, 
Dustin in the corner. He's hitting him with a chop, and then he's hitting him with the kick, and he's getting, woo, yes, woo, yes, which I thought was great. I thought yeah. that was absolutely amazing. Um, and then Brian, Brian does a couple of high kicks. I'm sure they have names, but. Insiguri. Okay. Okay. He does a couple of those, sets yeah. those up, does a good job with those. Yeah. Uh, then uh, tries for the LaBelle lock. That doesn't work out. Right. Because Dustin is, because <laughs> the commentators couldn't stop putting over the fact that Dustin is six foot six. Well, you know, what's funny about that is I have a brother that's six foot six and I never, I know he's tall. Okay. I know he is. I'm, don't come for me. But like growing up with tall people in my family, because we're all kind of tall, uh, you just don't realize how short other people are. So when they're like six foot six, I'm like, well, he looks a lot taller than my brother. How is that possible? But it's just because he's standing next to Brian Danielson, I guess, huh? Yeah, all of five eight. And <laughs> I think I'm giving him some. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's interesting. I didn't realize he was that tall. Yeah. Or that my brother looks that tall to other people because he just looks like my brother to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I absolutely okay. do. Sorry, off topic. But it was on. a very long build for the end. It, it was a, a it was a crescendo. Were, we believed in the in the near falls. Yes. I I believed in a couple of the near falls. I even thought, you know what? Are they going to give Dustin his Cinderella like last ride for the title here? I love the idea of that. Yeah. And uh, it didn't happen. Uh, Brian Danielson won, and uh, he won with a guillotine. Yeah, Just, that that he moved in like it. It slowed down Dustin. Dustin fell to his knees, and then he did something else. He adjusted his grip. Yeah. And then, and reapplied. Dustin passed out. It was just a straight oh, up was pass it a, out. It was a guillotine all the time? The whole time. That oh. one's arm in, and the other one was oh. no, no arm. He adjusted with a no arm and then went back I to the I thought he arm did in. a different hold. Nope. Mm-mm. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then D- Dustin fades. He didn't tap out. He just faded, and the and the ref called. Which it. was amazing. You don't do a lot. They don't do a lot of pass out spots, but it was good to see. And uh, yeah, Brian Danielson just looked really, really clean. Looked yeah. great. And wrestling against a bigger guy, so it really sets him up as a giant killer when he's going to be facing off. Maybe going further in the tournament, facing off against maybe Eddie Kingston or Lance Archer, which you know lets him be believable into these matches. Right. And for me, I was it made me think that Brian Danielson was a better wrestler than I gave him credit for. I did as we've mentioned before, I did not enjoy him at the WWE. Not that I watched. I just saw a couple my brother in law came over and we, we all had to watch wrestling when I wasn't watching. I would see him occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um I just wasn't interested. But watching this and seeing how he changes his wrestling style to fit the person he's wrestling was super impressive. Right. And he still got his hits. He still got his, you know, his... His, his, his high his, kicks and his turns and his flippies. <laughs> he, got his, he got his moves in. Yeah. He got the ones that you know he's going to get right. in to make it a signature match. But he's still adjusting his transitions in the way that he gets those in. And I love that. And it still I, looked great. I'll tell you right now, Brian Danielson is winning me over as a fan. I right? was never the biggest Brian Danielson, uh, Daniel Bryan fan. Right. But the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, is seriously winning me. Yeah, for I, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, what did you like about this match? So one thing you took away from it. You know what I liked about it is that it, it sets up and I know I already said it, but it really does set up uh, Brian Danielson as a guy who can handle those uh, larger gentlemen, those right. bigger 
people, not just the big stage, but the bigger athletes. So it sets it up really well. I think I would love to see a Brian Danielson Miro match now. I could buy it. It would be clean and good. Yes, I understand they were both WWE guys, but I think they could probably do it as in the that indie style, that AEW style. Yeah. I think I would love to watch that. Yeah. What about you? Tell me what you liked. I liked the story of it. I liked how it started off with a kind of an introduction and it built into a better story and then you got the full explanation at the end that's a great storytelling match and i enjoyed it all the way through and i even moved forward to get closer to the tv just to you know at those times with the, the close calls so i enjoyed it and i like that yeah you know what they did kind of draw us in on that one yeah yeah you know what i bought I, I, it i I'm, I'm with you on that they allowed you to be a fan as opposed to someone that's commentating on right. a match that's right. good stuff so let's see what's next let's check out the next match Apparently, what was next was promos. Yes, the uh, customary, now customary, AEW promo moments. And I'm going to tell you right now, I did not mind it. They're very good. I thought I was going to get annoyed because of the second one. I was wrong. Yeah, no, it was good. So first we started out with FTR. Yes. Um, talking about um, how they want to come and get the AEW tag team belts. Um, that's what their goal is. Yeah. So that they even can though be... they consider themselves the Triple A, they are the Triple A no, tag no. team champions. They stole them, so they are they not. They won. They won with a with a pin. They got. They pinned the guy. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. The FTR are the Triple A. Uh, Tag team champions, and they said in order to prove that they're the best in the world, they need the AEW tag team champions championships, which are the number one tag team championships in the world. Yeah. I mean, for an agency that cares so much about tag team wrestling, it just seems like that's correct. I mean, they let them be tag teams, so that's exciting. That, that right there is exciting. I mean, not pointing any <laughs> fingers. No, no, but you know. Not stubby Arn Anderson fingers or or not. Stop picking on Arn. I'm sorry, but that what was it Rampage we saw last night? Yes. Where he comes out and he's I'm like, what what is he using? What is that? No, he was doing finger guns. I, I know, <laughs> but that was no Glock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was a so snub nose something or other. <laughs> Adorable. Doesn't know anything about about wrestling moves, man. But she could tell you what a snub nosed pistol is. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I watch cop shows. Yeah. In the eighties. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. So I was a baby. I was a baby. Itty bitty then. little child in the eighties. Now we got FTR saying that. Of course, Penta responded. Yes. With Alex Abrahantes right next to him. Which I still think you're super lucky that you get to listen to Penta say it all in Spanish and then listen to Alex say it again in English and fully comprehend both of them. Yeah, it's 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 actually really really cool. Yeah. So uh, FTR said that they didn't care. You know, where all of these people are cosplaying as tag teams, as tag team champions. Yeah. When everybody knows the real tag team champions are FTR. Yeah. Daddy's home because it's no longer Halloween. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about that. It, 
I'm not the biggest fan of a daddy's home line. No. Just never have been. No. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean. It was good. I'm not going to lie. It was. It was entertaining. A legitimate FTR match versus a Lucha Brothers match, for me, just take my money. Look. Just take it. The best part was Alex with the black eye and the. Yes. And he didn't say, this time he didn't say Penta says. He just breaks down what Penta said. Didn't say that. And then at the end, and he says, and Alex says, yeah. and I was like, get it, dude, get it. Revenge is coming, he yeah. said. I thought it was good. You know, it's like when the hype guy gets angry. Yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting stuff. I liked it. And then we went, uh, Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and he's going to talk to Sting. When isn't he going to talk to Sting when he's in the ring? I if mean, it's not Cody, it's Sting. <laughs> <laughs> or it's uh, his girlfriend. Oh, Britt Baker. Yeah. DMD. Oh, you're a mark. All right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we got him in there, and Sting comes out, mm-hmm. gets the long entrance, gets the lovely... Well, not the long entrance. He got sort of his, his, his medium-range entrance. Snow fell in Orlando. That was fun. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And then uh, Sting comes out. Tony asks, hey, you know, what's up with Darby Allen? We haven't Where seen him in a while. He? How's he doing? What's going on with him? Uh, Sting doesn't get to speak. No. He's about to open his mouth when MJF's music pops in. Dun. I am an MJF fan, so I was pleased because I like it when the heel comes out and does his shtick. Except MJF is low lately. He gets some dark ones in right now. I got to give it to the Orlando crowd, though. And I'm not just being a homer. They're loud and they're telling you exactly how they feel about you. Right. They did give him a a shut the F up chant, which was good. Of course, they ended it because they... This is a crowd that understands how to pop for a wrestling show. Yes. So far, they've done really well. They have done well. So MJF, uh, you know, speaks to the people he needs to speak to in the crowd, says, uh, you can fool a lot of people. Oh, what was the line he said? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can wear your face paint. You can ca- swing a bat. You can woo you can even let your stash from the 80s, your leftover stash from the 80s, snow down on them. <laughs> Speaking about how Sting had a very public um, party life. Oh, I didn't know that. All of the guys back in the day had a party life. I didn't know it was him, though. I saw Dark Side of the Ring about his old tag team partner. What was his name? The Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior. He, he's looking at me like I should leave. <laughs> I... <laughs> Let's not do this. Let's just keep going. Okay, so I I watched that. I've watched so many Dark Side of the Rings, though they kind of like mesh together in my head. But he seemed like a very clean cut. I didn't know that. Okay, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, none of those guys in the eighties were clean cut. Um, None of them. Okay. Ricky Steamboat, I think, was the only one. So yeah, this is it's a really good segment. And then he says, the line that gets the action going is. Darby Allen is hurt and he's not coming back. All of your friends stick by you through thick and thin, but whenever they need you, you you leave them all behind. And Darby Allen's gonna end up just like another one of your friends, Lex Luger. Ouch. And he's just about to say in a wheelchair and Sting clobbers him. Yes. And starts beating up on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Takes his jacket, Takes his jacket, off, jacket off and just starts going for him. Of course, Sean Spears and Wardlow come in the ring. Mm-hmm. Sting fights them both off successfully. Sean Spears hits him with a chair in the mm-hmm. back, and Sting does that 
big move no sell thing because he will no sell one move a match guaranteed. Right. Power bomb, DDT, chair shot. He no sells one thing when he's in the ring. And he no sells the chair and he turns around. Wardlow uh, gives him a clothesline from the back and that's, that's where it ends. Sean Spears then wears him out with the chair. Right. And then puts up a new chair in the ring and MJF sits in it. And speaks down the camera to Darby Allen saying, if you keep coming for me, you're going to end up just like this. Which you had an interesting comment about. Yeah, he points to this thing. You're going to end up just like this. A world-renowned, highly successful wrestler. Boy, he's scared now. <laughs> what he meant was beat up in the ring at my feet. But You, you know, could I mean that all you want, but you pointed <laughs> at Sting. And what that implies is this is who you're get this right here, this man right here is who you're going to become if you keep coming after me, which is a man that covers his face in paint and has one name and everyone knows who he is. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> it, it was a very good promo. It was. Um, I enjoyed the way that it ended. Uh, what did you like about it? What did I like? <laughs> Actually, about both promos. Was there anything about both promos or anything, one thing about both promos that you liked? I liked Alex Abrihantes. Did I say that right? Woohoo! Perfect. You got the, uh, um, you got the uh, perfect on that. Excellent. Thank you. And I'm done. That, I'm, I'm stepping out now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that I said that name right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, no, okay. I liked his part. I do like that he didn't say Penta, but... Penta says, but he did say, Alex says, it's like, this is the most important part about what I'm about to say. And I really like that. Um, and about the, <laughs> all right. So the uh, Sting and uh, MJF and Wardlow and, and uh, Sean Spears. <laughs> I like that Wardlow was out there because I enjoy him. I like looking at him. He's impressive. And I'm very sad I wasn't there to see him in person. Oh what did you goodness. like about it? <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? I, I, we're not allowed to pick on women about why they watch wrestling, but let's be honest. No, it's not why we're I watch wrestling. I actually don't like watching him wrestle, funny enough. <laughs> okay. I, I, hope to, I hope someday to enjoy it because I know he's still working on the craft and, and go for it, dude. Do you? But his dedication to his body, which apparently is his temple. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, um, oh, the FDR promo, I always like anytime the FT FTR is talking, their promos are just gold to me. They're classic promos with a good edge to them. They're not cartoony. It's like an 80s promo if realism had been allowed in the 80s. But they believe it. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If realism was allowed in the 80s, this is what those promos would have sounded like. Right. I actually am a huge MJF fan. So he can do whatever he wants. Like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to be buddies with him and get cut on by him. Like, that would not be, I would not be happy with that. I think I could take him. Uh, <laughs> I would have rocked his world because it's immediately what I thought of when he pointed at Sting. So I think I could take him in a, in a sarcasm off. Maybe. I don't think that I could. And I would not enjoy that. However, watching him do it to other people, schadenfreude. <laughs> All right. I, so I giggled because I thought you said, I thought you were going to say, I liked Wardlow too, just to be funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Next segment. Let's see what's next. 
Javier, I have a question for you. Yes, Adelaide? Will you be my accountability buddy? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, folks. She said, hey, I want to start this segment. I said, oh, okay, great. Okay, go for it. She's like, I got this funny thing. I'm like, great, great, great. It's based on the last promo. And all right, well, we're we did get promos first the last time. So I thought maybe we'll do promos first this all time. Right, fine. MJF's promo after he beat up Sting or had Sean Spears and Wardlow beat up Sting right. was followed up after the match that came next. MJF saying, hey, Darby Allen, uh, ha ha, but nothing really happened there. No, because Sean Spears is rubbing very tenderly his chair. Yeah, not, I think he was oiling it, actually. Yeah. He was oiling his chair. He was loving it, giving it some tender love and affection. Uh, and then Wardlow comes up and says, hey, man, what was that bullshit? Oh, yeah. And Wardlow says, you know, pushing me in the way of Sting last week. And MJF does, hey, man, you know, I love you. I would never. It was a fight or flight situation. And I got scared. I got scared. It happens. You know, I wouldn't have done that to you on purpose, buddy. All right. But I understand. I'm glad you're here because I want to have a little chat with you. I understand how difficult it is for you to be the big man and always hold yourself accountable and stuff. So I got you an accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Sean Spears. And it's Sean Spears. So love you both. Pinnacle for life. And he walks off. And Sean Spears, I mean, he's just gold. And he looks up at Wardlow and he says, Hey. <laughs> Just a great bit. They go to commercial. I'm still laughing about it. I thought it was awesome. I have one more thought. Go. Free Wardlow. This is the beginning. No. Free him. No, no. It's too early. No, no. Free him. Revolution. You know the whole free Britney thing? Hashtag free Wardlow. Oh, I'm my. starting it here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Please don't let that actually take off. Yes. All right. Uh, I want to see it. So I thought that was a very good uh, little promo. It was only a couple seconds. Now let's talk about this match. And I'm going to go ahead and start out with an apology. I believed, and I even said it to Adelaide when we were starting off tonight. I said, well, it's a good episode to come back on after we took that long break because it's kind of a mid-tier bill. You know, the card, the whole card top to bottom isn't that great. And what did I say? And your words were, and I'm paraphrasing here, but your words were, oh, you know what? I don't agree. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got uh, Lance Archer against Eddie Kingston. You've got Cody versus Malachi Black their third time. You've got... Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. And Ruby Soho. And Ruby Soho. And that's where we are right now. Because this match, even though, again, I am not the happiest that they keep doing good matches through picture in picture, that being said, Ruby Soho and Penelope Ford put on their best match. Best Penelope Ford match all year. I'm going to say that. Best Penelope Ford match all year. I thought it was a general Ruby Soho match. I don't think it was good, bad, or I think it was just that's how her matches are. Yeah, they're pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. she's really good. Yeah, and I love that Penelope Ford was trying to grab her hair, and I kept thinking, "What hair are you grabbing, honey? She she does not have any. <laughs> she is not you." Right, and you know what though, Penelope played the powerhouse. Yes, in this match. Yeah, 
And that the powerhouse heel, which is a very interesting role to play with two women similar size and build, although Ruby is skinnier. She is thinner than Penelope. I, I just think they have different body types. I don't think she's thinner. I think Penelope Ford is actually quite thin. No, she is. But Penelope Ford, she physically looked bigger. And I don't think that she is any bigger, but she played the powerhouse well and looked like the powerhouse. Well, I mean, she starts the match off by taking her jacket off and throwing it on Ruby Soho and then just starts punching her. So, I mean, she starts it off. Mean girl, strong. Very mean girl, strong. Does a good job there. There were some really good corner spots. A lot of good corner spots. Unfortunately, one of the best ones was while we were in commercial break. Yeah. With the triple flippy thing that Penelope Ford does. She does a double back handspring into a back elbow. Right, which Ruby turns into a... um, Side slam. There you go. Yeah, a backside slam. And it looked great. Penelope sold that really well, but I think the best match, uh, the best move was before they went to break. Uh, Ruby Soho comes off the ropes. Uh, Penelope Ford does the lay down for the trip. Ruby does a rollover instead of a jump over or step over. And then she goes off the ropes and kicks Penelope in the stomach. Yeah. Okay, it's a very common Ruby Soho move. But then she comes off the next set of ropes, kicking Penelope Ford in the head. And Penelope Ford does, it's like an inside-out bump, except she completely twists horizontally. So she does a, a full twist. She's facing the mat, bent over. She's facing the mat. She gets kicked. Does a full 360 rotation to land on the mat face down. It was, I, I don't think I've seen it before. It looked amazing. It looked devastating. I loved that bump. I thought they both looked very, very strong in the match. They did. There was a lot of back and forth moments with them, and I thought that was really good. Halfway through, the bunny came down, so she was ringside. And then at the end, she does the normal, I'm going to throw you the brass knuckles right in the middle of the ring but the god the ref rick knox rick knox sees it and puts his foot on it i thought this was hysterical well it's fun that he noticed the brass knucks right away since he didn't notice ruby soho's earplug he did did throw it out though so she's (laughs) probably gonna come back going where the heck is my uh my earplug and he's gonna be like with that circular washer thing i threw it out i watched him throw it out of the ring so i'm like oh you in trouble (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he steps on the brass knucks Kicks them out. I mean, it takes like four kicks. But that, that was the funny part. Steps on him. She's trying to lift up his foot and get it. And then he's like, screw this. I'm going to kick it out. So he kicks it and it only goes a little bit. So she's crawling over there. He's running over there. He gets there first. He kicks it again. It still doesn't go out. So she starts to crawl and he starts to run. She he who? kicks it again. She of who? Penelope Ford. Very good. So she, then they, it's at the very edge of the ring and he's about to kick it out. And she and Penelope grabs the brass knuckles and she's about to put it on her fingers. And he takes his hand and he like smacks it down. That was hysterical to me. Rick I Knox thought is that a good was, comedy ref. It was also, so good. That leads to what you would consider a very good finish. No, not a very good finish, but appropriate for that move, for the comedy that we were in. You were going to take the brass knuckles and win this match, Penelope Ford, and that was your end goal. And then it turned into this comedy thing, which then turned into a roll-up, which is the cheesiest finish. It is a cheesy finish. 
but it was so appropriate for this was not a serious you know what i mean like Correct. people are pounding each other and then all of a sudden they get rolled up on you're like what well, you kicked out of a spear, but you're going to get rolled up on? Yeah, this was you know a distraction I mean? roll-up, which I enjoyed quite a bit. It was very good. If you're going to do a roll-up, that is it. It was good. I agree that that's the right way to do a roll-up. We forgot one thing. We oh, did, what did we forget? We did start off that whole thing with Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker. Oh, we did forget the great Calling promo. out Ty Conti. Right. Uh, Britt Baker. D-M-D. Mark. She said that Ty Conti sticks her nose in everybody's business, and the only thing she's done since she's gotten into AEW is show everybody her ass. Which is hysterical, because if you saw Rampage, she had very, 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 very short shorts on when she yes. came out to... Uh, Absolutely did. ...to protect um, Anna J. Anna J. So, that was funny. So, she just said, I'm going to, you know, beat that ass yep. that, that you love showing, which I thought was very clever. I'm sorry. It was. No, Britt's been very good on her yeah. promos. And she did say, you know, I'm going to beat that ass. That's because I am Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. The whole place is chanting it, too. It's a good bit. All right, let's go on to the next uh, segment. All right. The one thing I will appreciate is a good squash match. And you knew it was going to be a squash match because only one person came down the ramp. Well, yes, Bobby Fish got an entrance. Anthony Green did not. Now, Anthony Green is a talented wrestler. I have seen him wrestle indie matches. He is decent. Well, you have to be a good wrestler in order to take the bumps that you're going to take in a squash match, which is exactly what we got here. Yes, we got a squash. And I don't think there's much that needs to be said. Bobby Fish looked like an absolute monster. Yeah, I mean, he showed off all his kicks to the legs, to the midsection. And, you know, it was like, this is what I can do. Bam, here you go. Need any more? No? Okay, done. Wrecked him. And then starts getting lightly cheered at the end of the match. Again, this AEW crowd does not really know Bobby Fish. Right. But they're, they're giving him light cheers. And then he comes back in, starts beating up Anthony Green as a heel. A lot. A lot. Way too much. For the match that they had, and gets a solid boot chant. Yes. Gets over as a heel in this situation. Right. Goes a little too long, maybe about 45 seconds. And then who comes out? The voice of the voiceless. CM Punk. Comes out to save Anthony Green. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was a good rundown. I actually like that one. Yeah. Rundown. Actually, I'll tell you right now uh, what I liked about that match is that I think we might be having a CM Punk Bobby Fish match. Which I think might be a very good match. We shall see. Then we got a Leo Rush and Dante Martin promo, right? Yeah. It was, what's interesting about that is uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin were standing next to each other. And I thought, God, I thought Dante Martin was taller than that. Why do I think that that guy is tall? Because he looked about the same height as Leo Rush. No, was he Leo, did not. Was Leo standing on something? Leo Rush is not as tall as Dante Martin. Dante Martin is like almost... Leo Rush is like five foot seven. So he was standing on something. He was not. Okay, well, he goes out there and he's mentioning that he's the mentor. <laughs> he's the guiding light. He's the force. And that he talked to TK, which remind me when I become best friends with Tony Khan, that I'm going to call him TK too. Okay, got it. Okay. And then um, that they now have a tag match with the Seidel brothers. <laughs> so since uh, Mike Seidel has been out with an injury, 
Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, whose brother's been out with an injury, have both been wrestling together as a tag team. Leo Rush has interposed himself, pushed Matt Seidel to the side, and now him and Dante Martin are going to have a tag team match against the Seidel brothers. And Dante Martin did not look happy about that. He doesn't because Matt Seidel is actually his friend. Like They've yeah. become friends in kayfabe. I don't know if in real life, but definitely in the shows they've done together. So it's really been fun to watch them work together. It'll be an interesting flippy match. If you haven't seen a Leo Rush match to see how good he is, He's good. it's going to be like that. And then we had uh, Murderhawk, uh, Lance Archer, come down. Um, and he's about to walk down the ramp, and then Eddie Kingston just runs out and starts pummeling him in the back. Yeah, Eddie Kingston jumped him, which is the part that was interesting about this. Why is that interesting? He's from New York. That's what they do. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's a New York attitude. Get them before they get you. I, I You know what? I, I'm pretty sure that's a ghetto attitude. I don't I, think anyone from New York is going to be like, what? Nah. <laughs> Fair. They're going to be like, she got it. She good. All right. You know what? I think you're going to pass on that. Uh, so the uh, it starts out well. Eddie Kingston starts beating on Lance Archer. They still haven't gotten in the ring. And the outside match barricade, still hasn't started. Yes. Outside barricade, Lance Archer grabs a fan from out the audience and throws him on a body slams him on... Uh, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Then he takes the fan, brings him up onto the apron, and, and choke slams him onto Eddie Kingston. And if that guy was older and chubbier, I would have sworn it was Ric Flair because his hair was white as white could be. That was very, very platinum blonde yeah. hair. So then they uh, he brings Eddie into the mat, into the ring. They ring the bell. The match actually starts. And Lance Archer starts beating Eddie from pillar to post. Well, he like takes down his um, his uh, uni or whatever his his t shirt just to give him a big old chop on the chest. Yeah, one of the things I really enjoy, and I guess I'll jump into this now, is that Lance Archer gets very intense. Like he'll start a move, and if he doubles it, it's more intense the next time. So you can yeah. tell how quality a wrestler he really is because of it. I like him. I do. I really. I enjoy watching Lance Archer. What, yeah. I, what I would really like is for him to chop off his hair. Not a fan of his hair. I know he's the murder hawk, and so that's his thing. But like, just a little bit off the the bottom. Like, it's too long now. I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay, I'm not going to so, disagree with you. But moving on. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of back and forth with them. Yeah. Well, it was. It was really more Lance Archer. It was more. But every once in a while, Eddie would gonna is gonna get a his comeback heat, but. Lance was cutting him off every time he tried to get anything going. But, you know, like, Eddie Kingston's great um, thing about watching him is he sells so phenomenal. It is as if you kicked him and hit him and chopped him and whatever. Like, it is, like, the worst thing that's ever happened to him. There was a moment, unfortunately, in Picture in Picture, where Eddie was doing his rapid-fire chops that he does, and... Lance Archer's staying strong for it. He isn't even moving. And then so when Eddie realizes the chops aren't working, he just reaches up and pokes him in the eye. <laughs> and then starts chopping him some more and then pokes him in the other eye. And then chops him some more and then goes back to the well once too often because, you know, Lance Archer only has two eyes from what I know, right? Yeah, as far as so we know. He, uh, he went too far, tried again, and Lance got the upper hand again. But for that brief second, I thought this is the way you turned this around. That's great. <laughs> It was, it's fun to watch. Um, it, was, it was a lot of Lance, yeah. though. Yeah, 
85% of the match yeah. easily. But it wouldn't look so good if, if Eddie couldn't sell the way he sells. No, of course not. No, no, and no. then backs up and hulks up or whatever the hell that, that no, that's a, that's is. The, okay. That's a good term. That's a good yeah. term. <laughs> and, and then we ended. It, uh, that was interesting. It was an interesting ending because I think it was a kayfabe ending. I really do think it was a work. Yeah. Lance Archer goes for his moonsault, which he's done a dozen times off the top rope. Eddie starts to move, and I think he's setting up to just be out of the way so that he could do a roll-up or whatever, or he can do a kick to the head mm-hmm. or something like that. What ends up happening is that Lance does the moonsault, and it actually looks like Lance under-rotated and hit himself in the head, like landed on his dome, which is very scary when you're talking about a guy that's six foot seven and a half, six foot eight. Yes. And landing on his head like that, that is a, a scary proposition. He rolls out of the ring, looks concussed, looks very concussed, not looks yeah. like he's selling concussion, like he's actually concussed. The ref and, and I guess the doctor on the, the side. The ringside doctor, yeah, Doc Sampson. Are talking to him a little bit and He rolls back into him. the ring and Eddie Kingston rolls him up. And that's why I don't think it's, I don't think it, that's how it was supposed to end because they Honestly, AEW does not generally do roll-ups as much in one show. No, not not two in a row. Right. So I, I think the first roll-up was perfect. Yeah. And on purpose. I don't think, I think they were like, okay, let's end this. But I wonder if Eddie Kingston was supposed to win. So does that throw off? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He was winning a lot. He might still have lost, but he looked, he looked hurt. And so he got rolled up. And I mean, that's how you end when someone pulls an injury. You just yeah. end the match quickly. You go to the finish. Like it he lo- immediately got back into the ring and it was a roll and up. And it was a roll up. It was, it was over. Like nothing else happened. And I thought, I mean, that's an interesting one because he stayed in the ring and, they, and the ref and the doc were still talking to him. Right. The and, and they cut to the ring and showed that for a little bit. But then you just watched Eddie Kingston like walk into the tunnel. Yeah. Which, again, is not generally what they do at AEW. And they don't do that with Eddie Kingston, really. Yeah. So... It, I I hope it's a work. I hope it's a work. It's how you keep him strong and say, oh, you know, it was a fluke thing, blah, blah, blah. But if it wasn't, then I, I really hope that uh, Lance is okay. Yeah, for sure. That, uh, that's as far as that's going to go. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to go to the next segment, right? Let's see what's next. Let's see what's next. Oh, my goodness. It was so much more intense than I thought it could be. What do you mean? The complete sarcasm I just used. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was absolutely... I'm sorry. It got dro- It dropped the show a rating for me. Yeah. It really weakened the show. Really? Yeah. Well, it's just we get another promo segment, which I don't mind. AEW does good promo segments. Yeah. We get Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Dan Lambert running a promo. Now, they did the right thing of letting Ethan Page do the first part of the talk. Yes. I was just going to say they won by not putting Dan Lambert first. Let me tell you, Ethan Page kills it on the mic. That boy is amazing. Agreed. But run down the whole place, talk about how they're the best and all that jazz. Inner Circle sucks. Jake Hager, you know, who cares? Scorpio Sky beat Jake Hager last year anyway, so who cares? And then we got... um, Sammy Guevara coming out. Yes. Look, he's the representative for the inner circle out there. He did a fine job. It was good. The point of it was so that Dan Lambert could uh, give him the stipulations. And it was, it was fine because it was funny because Sammy Guevara was like, you know, you're the 
what, what do you call them? Dipshit? Is that what he said? Fat face dipshit. Yeah, fat face dipshit. So the crowd starts doing the chant, and Dan Lambert's like, no, no, stop. And so that was pretty clever. So that was pretty cool. You could tell he's like losing his voice or something, though. Yeah, he was, he was, his voice was kind of squeaky. Yeah. The stipulations, though, is if there will be a 10, not team, 10 men tag team match at full gear. Correct. If Sammy Guevara faces Ethan Page next week on Dynamite. For the TNT Championship. For the TNT Championship. If Sammy Guevara loses, he loses the belt and he loses being in the inner circle. He He has to leave them forever. Inner circle, yes. Sammy says, it's a deal, but uh, if he wins, he gets to pick the three members of American Top Team that will be in the wrestling match, which, dude, (laughs) separate Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Yeah. Like, Like, put something out there, but clearly they can't do that because Sammy's obviously going to win. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to lose the TNT title right now. Right. So, anyways, and then Scorpio Sky is like, hang on, because I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And then they all leave to go up the ramp. I I just, I am unmoved by Sammy Guevara. I know, that's why I'm going through this. Yeah, it just, it just, when you do it, it sounds so much better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Uh, then Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page start running up the ramp, and then, um... Santana and Ortiz come out and Jake Hager come out and they run down. And so Dan Lambert and the, what do they call themselves? Men of the year. Men of the year. (laughs) Run away and and that's the end of it. So it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah. And then we go to Moxley, who, by the way, kudos to that man. Slow clap. Slow clap. That man is awesome. Kudos to that man. I, I don't know if it's top of the head. I don't know if he writes this down. I don't, I don't know if either. he like has bullet points. I don't either. Because like I, I go, where the hell is he going with this? And then he wraps it all together and you go, oh, okay. All right. He says that he looked in his new baby daughter's eyes and he reached out his pinky and he shows the pinky and, he's, and it's his broken pinky. It's got the top knuckle is broken. So it's kind of floppy. And she grabs onto it for all that she's worth. And And Heath says at that moment. Nothing else matters. Nothing. The ratings, the, the Twitter, the comments back and forth. The, what, what else did he say? The demo, who, the, the tournament, the, uh, AEW championship, none of it mattered to him. He couldn't care less. Except for the little tiny hand wrapped around his finger, which I was like, okay, but then he made it so poignant because then he's like, I'm not a mailman. I'm not, I'm not any other, I'm this, I'm a wrestler. And so everybody in this tournament needs to look out because in order for me to go back to my baby girl, I have to beat the snot out of you. This is essentially what he said. He said, in order for me to do what I do, other people got to get hurt. Right. So I am going to win this whole thing. Right. All of you watch out. I bought it. At the end of the day, I bought it. And you would think he was from New York because I think he's listening. So hi, Moxley. In real time. He's listening in real time. He has to. Like, he's listening because um, he said, 
because I'm going to get you before you get me, which is what I literally just said. You did. About, John, uh, about um, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Makes sense for the two of them, though. Right? Boom. <laughs> You're good saying. at this. You are good at this. Thank you. So that being the case, his promo was good. The other promo, it was just like you went between commercials with a segment and you didn't give us anything. You gave us an old promo. This promo should have happened after or before the Lance Archer match. But you have to understand, people like Sammy Guevara. I didn't say they didn't like him. I said that this promo by itself between commercial breaks lowered everything. Right. And then Sammy, we're in picture in picture where Sammy does the little card thing about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll see you in Boston kind of Although thing. that is a funny thing about his card thing. I always liked that. He did say American plop team. On yeah, it. that was funny. That was kind of funny. Yeah. All right. And they're going to have the TMT party. In Boston. Yes, the Boston TNT party. <laughs> That's going to be funny. It's very clever. All right. So the next segment, we're going to see what happens next. Because yeah. there wasn't anything else there. Hey, that's fine. You gave us a little breather. Well, this was a slow build. I think that it was... Uh... I'm being sarcastic again. <laughs> I actually very much enjoyed this last segment. Uh, it starts out with the Dark Order. Which I love. You know, I think they're uh, so funny. Uh, we had, uh, give me the rundown. Who did we have? Uh, John Silver, 10. Colt Cabana, Stu Grayson, 5. Alex Reynolds. Reynolds, and Evil Uno. Fantastic. Now they're out there just being them and saying that they lost to the Elite last week, but they're going to get it back. They're going to get their win back because they're facing them again next week. Right. And then who comes out? Adam Hangman Page. Yeah, baby. And he comes out, and the Dark Order is immediately happy. Just like, I mean, us fans are happy to see them all back together. So it's that kind of exuberance. It all just sort of gets reflected back at us. First, he apologizes. Right. And he says they were all right. All of them. Yeah. Even if they had different opinions, they were all correct. For doing what they believed was the right thing to do, which is awesome. Absolutely. Because not always your friends are going to agree with the best way to, the way that you want them to help you. Yeah. But they're going to want to help you in the way they want to help you. Right. And those that can vary, which is a great little message. Yeah, for absolutely. And then and then he sticks a little, what do you call them, earwigs in, yep. in their brains? Yeah, a little bee in their bonnet. Yeah, a little bee in their bonnet. And they were. Uh, he says, hey, so you're facing the elite next week. Wednesday is so close to Halloween that you should wear costumes. And <laughs> John Silver's like, we could be a deer. No, he said, I'll dress up as Bambi. Oh, Bambi. And then he starts talking about how cute yet scary Bambi It was funny. Scary and sexy yeah. Bambi is. Yeah. He's just, so I, I'm cute. sorry. They're hilarious. <laughs> and then um, that led into the Jungle Boy versus Brandon Cutler. I'm going to try out a uh, new bit as I am going to name this match as if you would name it as a title for a movie. Picture an indie film. And it'll be the devastation of Brandon Cutler. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was a squash match. It was. But unlike the Bobby Fish squash match from earlier in the evening, Jungle Boy isn't being mean. He's just not letting anything happen. But although Brandon Cutler does slap him once, he does. Yeah, that didn't work out for Brandon. No, it does not. Okay. <laughs> But oh, Jungle Boy looked like a complete star, though. Jungle Boy did a power bomb on Brandon Cutler, which it's amazing. 
to yeah. watch because he is smaller than Brandon Cutler. Yes. But it also, in my opinion, shows how great what you were saying Brandon Cutler is. How yeah. good Brandon Cutler is as a wrestler. Yeah, because you can't look good as the star if the person doesn't know what you're doing, doesn't know how to take that fall. Exactly. You've got to be decent in order to take bumps. Right. So that, that was a really good bit. And then he puts him in some kind of hold. He puts him in the snare trap. Sure. And then um, and Brandon, of course, taps out like immediately. Very quickly. But the whole point of this, I guess, was so Jungle Boy could call out the elite. That is correct. He said, look, I still feel good after that. He looked at Brandon Cutler and said, good job, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I still feel good. So if any one of you elite pieces of crap wants to come out here and have a match with me. He said elite pieces of shit. Yeah, I try not to swear as much. Okay, well, let's be real. That is what he said. He said elite pieces of shit. Uh, come out here. We'll have a match right now. Nobody came out. So he puts the chokehold back on snare something. The snare trap back sure. on Brandon Cutler. And then holds the mic in front of Brandon Cutler. And Brandon Cutler says, somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> I that was it really was good. It was, oh, God, please, somebody, somebody help me. Oh, guys, help me. Adam Cole Baby. comes out, cuts a promo on Jungle Boy, and uh, <laughs> just tells him he's a nobody, that he's an embarrassment for being the way that he's being right now. Yeah. And he Takes runs off. down, yeah. Adam Cole runs down, says, you want to have a fight? Fine, we'll fight. I'll, we can have a fight right here, right now. So he uh, runs down to the ring, jumps up on the apron, Jungle Boy elbows him. He falls off the apron. But while he's doing that, big shucker, the uh, Young Bucks come up behind him, give him a double super kick to the face. Yeah. It's not multiple super kicks. That's pretty much got it after that. Yeah, they they just bring him up to the ramp. They're beating him up. And then they're about to walk away. And then Adam Cole starts talking to the Young Bucks quietly. Um, and they're like, mm, we're not done. So then they take him and then they hold him. And right before they finish him off, they, uh, they say to uh, JR, call the action, Jim. Call the action. Yeah. And so Adam Cole holds him while the Young Bucks kiss him on both cheeks. And then Adam Cole starts screaming at him. We run this place, which I think is kind of ballsy because you just got there, baby. <laughs> I mean, he is Adam Cole. And his boys are EVPs, so they run the place. Yeah, whatever. And they throw Jungle Boy off the stage onto a table, and he goes through the table, and he caught a nasty little welt for his trouble. It looked gross. It is a tough little welt. And then he laid there, dead. Uh, yeah, and that was just it. Didn't, didn't want to move. Except and- for Tony Schiavone's um, parting words of... I hate Adam Cole. <laughs> right before they went to commercial. That's right. <laughs> There's a, there is something really special about that whole Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone thing. It yeah. is really good. There is so much that you can get out of that. You're gonna we'll be milking that for weeks, months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked Jungle Boy looking as over the top. He looked S tier. It's a tearing thing that people do. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you're not familiar. But he looked S tier. And Brandon Cutler looked like a, you know, like he was getting beat up by an S tier champion. Oh, I thought I agree with you. What I liked also was that he looked like he was a superstar because not only did he do, you know, the match, but quote unquote, but he also did the live in ring promo, which wasn't bad. It wasn't. Which in the beginning, 
needed a little help. He did. He's still getting his feet under him. If you're teaching a guy, you start with his, the basic moves and you teach him. I think that I think Jungle Boy's up to advanced level yes. uh, promos, but he's got his five or six talking points that he's good at, and he stays with it. Yeah, and I think I, that that's a good thing. You stick with him until you get better, fake it till you make it, and then finally, nobody knows any better. Yeah. So, t- yeah. well done. Very well, well done. done. Liked it. Well, I think, uh, what, the main event is next? Now it's time for the main event. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> we'll come back then. Quick promo segment, Miro. So we're going to do this before we do the main event. What came up before the main event? So. Absolutely. I, I almost want to give it the main event spot. But so He's we have so to do it now. Good. So good. My it's, God, we are out of time. Ugh, that's how he started it. My God, we are out of time. My wife needs her champion back. It's <laughs> just so good how he does that bit. He turns a a super over-sexualized part of a man's life into something where it's like, you, I have to do this. It's not just that my wife's hot. It's that I have to be this guy for her. Right. She needs me there. Yeah. And you are the reason I'm not there. Yeah, because God's the reason I win, but also the reason I lose. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's not as comedic as we're doing it. He delivers it with so much gravitas. How dare you ignore me? How dare you ignore me? How dare you forsake me? How dare you forsake me? I'm only repeating it because it's just that intense. Like, it almost feels like he's getting an echo and he's not. And my favorite, like, I can't pick out a favorite, to be honest with you, but I just, it was so good. He said, I will win, but not because you want me to. But because I will leave you no choice. That's good. Then it's, my road home begins now. Yeah. And a powder of bones will lead me back to her. And it's your fault. I will then hold her with blood on my hands and horror in my eyes. So good. I'm sorry. I... I'm going to say the same thing I said the last time. If you're not a wrestling fan and you're thinking about getting into wrestling or you're not sure, simply watch the Miro promos for the past like two months. Amazing. It will seem like, how is this insane person a pro wrestler? Or it'll seem like it's ridiculous, but it'll get you the seriousness and the comedy and the and the TNA and all of that stuff that is part of wrestling is all in every single one of these one-minute promos. So good. All yeah. right. Yeah, that, that's it. Now that's we're going to talk about the wrestling match. <laughs> now we'll talk about the main event. <laughs> the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oh, wrong. No, wrong no, show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not Ringling Brothers. All right. So uh, we got... A very good main event. Very good. I'm looking over at your, uh, just as, just because I'm cheating in this class, I'm looking over at your notes. And you got a full page. I, I yeah. There was a lot. a lot. There was a lot. All right, typical Cody Rhodes match was a little overbooked. However, nothing felt like it didn't belong. Right. Everything felt like it worked in this particular match. Yes. As a Cody fan, I can say it was perfect. 
people that aren't Cody fans would say, oh, well, you didn't need this or that. But I'll tell you right now, if I wasn't a Cody fan, it all still narratively would have made sense to me. Sure. And it starts out, it's Malachi Black, Cody Rhodes, main event, sort of a... It's the third time Cody Rhodes trying to get the win, trying to get back on track and his winning ways, get Arn Anderson's respect. Blah, you know? blah, blah. Yeah, that stuff. Maybe get the respect back of the Nightmare family or the Nightmare factory. Well, he should never have lost it, the respect of the Nightmare. He hasn't done anything wrong. I do not understand the storyline. I don't get it. I don't like it. Meh. However, this match, let's do that. Yes, I agree with you that the storyline has been off-centered. It's not as centered as it should be. You're going to stand in the middle of the ring with a stupid Glock comment and then be like, nope, I can't help you. I gots to go. And then the next week, you're like, take me back because you're about to set his house on fire. And then he's in, in the gym working out with you like Rocky style. And then you're coming out with him again. You never left him. He didn't learn anything. Yeah, it was only a two-week separation. It wasn't uh, even a real separation. He didn't even separate. The very yeah. next week, he shows up at his house. And then the week after that, he's in the gym. So it's a right. three-week separation and not even a real separation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's off-centered. It wasn't a very good told story. I And they set it up not perfectly because that stupid promo with Arn Anderson was terrible. But he set it up so that he has to go it alone. Let the man go it alone. In fact, if Arn Anderson had not been here this evening and he had won this match by himself. Better. Great. Great. Better. I agree with you on that one. This match will not rank as highly as I've ranked other Cody matches, but in ring technically, very good match. It was it was very entertaining. I was not bored. I, I enjoyed it all the way through. It started off with them going back and forth. Uh, eventually Malachi Black goes out of the ring to get a chair and then he throws it in and um, Cody gets it and then the, the Nightmare Faction comes down. Or Nightmare least, Factory, the uh, big shot Lee Johnson and uh, Brock Anderson come out. Right. And so uh, the, the ref gives the chair to Brock Anderson? No. Brock Anderson picks up the chair after oh. he, the ref takes it out of uh, Cody's hands. And then he puts it back under the thing and then they're gone. Yeah, which I didn't understand. I think they should have probably stuck it out for a little bit more of the match. Which, I didn't care. That was fine. But take Arn with you. No? Okay. You know what? I don't disagree with that. <laughs> moving on. I think I just have a, like a... Mm, I, mm, anyways, moving on. Well, I don't on. think we should celebrate guns inside of wrestling. I think that those two things should stay separate from each other, in my well, opinion. Well, and it, sh- it rears its ugly head. Because, you know, later on... Well, let's do this. Malachi eventually then just takes out a table from underneath the yes the ring, sets it up, and then he's gonna put Cody through it apparently. But then Cody and Malachi find themselves on the side of the ring on the apron. Yeah, on the apron, and then Cody does a crossroads. I'm gonna let you finish that. Cody does a crossroads to Malachi Black through the table. I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is one of the. You should never do this move through a table. Oh, it looks... Because the crossroads protects the guy being spun into this cutter very well. The downside is when you're doing it through a table, the guy that's taking that entire major bump is the guy applying the move. So Cody takes all of that through the table. Malachi 
like a lamb. I'm not going to say it doesn't sting. I'm not going to say it's not uncomfortable. But he got laid down gently in comparison to what Cody got. And it looks scary to watch. And so I, I get the the optics of it. Yes. Definitely so for the fun. live audience. Definitely um, works. I didn't really. I don't like those. <laughs> I like them fine. They just make me nervous. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Absolutely. And that's really where we were on this. That was a, a reality so, that we got a lot off of that. So then Cody and Malachi are out of the ring for a while. Now they're both bleeding from the head. And Arn Anderson gets in the middle of the ring. Qua? Okay, I agree with you there. What was Arn doing in the ring? It didn't make any sense. Why? Walk around. Walk around and help your boy. Now, he did get the chant, though. Arn did get the Oh, gosh. He gets a chant. He gets the get the Glock chant. Get the Glock. Get the Glock. Oh. Which, again, I don't believe that we should celebrate guns and wrestling. I have no problem with guns. I enjoy shooting. I think that guns are a, a, a very American thing. And I think that they're, they are not only an okay thing, they're a very fine thing for people to have. The moment we make guns a celebration of toughness or being tough guys, that's... Sends the wrong message. It's the wrong message. Which that it's the whole wrong message. segment two weeks ago or three weeks ago was the wrong message. And then you didn't follow through. So you're a whiny ass baby because you couldn't let him go. So you are not a tough guy. And I hate the whole thing. I hate the whole thing. So back to the match, please. Match was, which was very good. <laughs> and we agree was very good. So then Andrade comes down. Yes, Andrade comes down. And, you know, he's doing his Andrade thing. And then his assistant, who I don't know his name. Juan. Um, hits Arn. In Attempts the to hit Arn with a tablet. Right. In the face. Right. Arn gives him a spine buster because he's the king of the spine buster. Which was cool. I, I'm all Still right look great. Whenever yeah. Arn does the, spe- the, the spine buster, I'm still in for it. Right. And then Malachi spits mist. Spits the black mist. In, into uh, Arn's face and Arn goes out the side and never to be seen again until the end of the match. Which correct. Perfect for me. But then Pac comes down. Yeah. And starts attacking. And start beating the crap out of Andrade. Andrade and Pac, I, I was not aware that this rivalry was going to continue the way that it's continuing. It's so exciting. I'm sorry, but it's a very good rivalry. I could watch these guys. These guys could wrestle forever. For I don't, sure. I, I don't have a problem with it right now. Right. And then it's Cody and Malachi back in the ring. Correct. Both bleeding. Both bleeding profusely. Um, Cody has a giant bruise going from the middle of his back to the side of him, but God bless him, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Um, He does the crossroads. Yes, to Malachi Black. uh, Malachi Black does, I'm sorry, a phenomenal sequence before that happens. Oh, does he? Yeah, there was a sequence where he does a push kick. No, that's after. Oh, he, he, does the, he, he does do the, the crossroads. Cross, he does the crossroads so much. And then he kicks out, and then he's stomping on his face, and then that's when they get they get up and they do right. And then Malachi gets his sequence, yeah, where he does a push kick in uh, uh, to Cody into the ropes. As Cody comes back, Malachi does a a rising knee strike to his head. When Cody turns around, which is popular in that, he then hits him with his high stack German suplex bridge. Which looks like Cody landed on his neck. It was rough to see. Although, I'm sure it was fine. 
But it looked very rough. It was a great near fall. I believed it was over at that point. Yeah. It wasn't. Then Malachi gets the uh, back. He's in the corner at one point. He kicks Cody back. Then he hits him with the black mask, which they still have not named in AEW, which is starting to bother me. Cody falls out of the ropes. Not, not all the way to the floor, just out of the ropes, which means Malachi can't get him. So Malachi's pulling on him and pulling on him and pulling on him. And Cody kicks him back, hits him with the crossroads, then looks like he's going to set up for the crossroads again, and then puts him in the Tiger Driver 98. Sure. And finishes him. Yeah. Which is kind of Kenny Omega's move, so I think that might be a hint to what's happening next. Oh, was that a hint? The Tiger Driver 98 is, is, is a Kenny Omega move. So it's what one of his that signature mean? moves. So what do you think that's a hint to? I think we're setting up for Cody at Revolution. <sighs> that's my answer to that. It's <laughs> just the big sigh. It's a great match. It was very entertaining. You know what the problem is? The storyline. The storyline didn't work. No. Two good wrestlers. The audience doesn't know what to do either. And I had to say, well done, Orlando, because you guys were amazing out there doing your thing. But half the time, it's you suck, and the other half is go Cody. Like, they don't know what to do with him. There's no defining trait that they... It, he. Mm. <laughs> He can't always be good. He can't. He doesn't always wrestle like the good guy. He wrestles like the heel a lot. He just happens to be a baby face, which is the downside to his character. I'm it, not even saying you have to go heel. I'm really not. Be a tweener. Be sulky. Be emo. Be something. Just stop being what you're doing now. Okay, so here's the thing. The personality of Cody, and this is something that you and I could go a deep, we could do a deep dive on one of these days. Who's a special yeah, we'll do a special. We'll do a deep dive on some wrestlers that, that we're sort of on the fence about. But the thing about Cody is he absolutely is white meat babyface in his character work. But in his in-ring work, he really wrestles like a heel. That's great, but he's cheesy as all get out. Oh, I'm not saying that it was good. So I'm saying that that's the way it is. My thing is, is if, if Malachi had won... By putting the black mist in Cody. And then Cody's like, why am I trying so hard? I don't need them. I, I just need to figure this out. And then goes on his own and does half dark, half light, trying to figure it out. Amazing. See what the audience goes with and then run with it. Because the audience doesn't know what to do. Which means you are not giving us a direction. I will, I will agree that that is a possibility. There are some of them out there who just love to hate and just want to be on the hate train. Yeah. They're out there. We know it. It's fine. Do you live your life by there yourself? There are some of those fans out there that, though, absolutely want to love Cody, but they really don't know how to cheer him. So I think you're right, right. about that. Right. I think you're confused. You're, you're do we sad. boo you? Do we cheer you? Like, how is oh, we're trying to follow you and what you're trying right. to do. But you're not giving us a direction. I see what you're getting at now. I understand it. So it's, for me, it takes away from the match because I'm about the storylines. And my storylines are like it's misfiring in my brain and I can't. <laughs> All right. So besides your misfiring brain, what did you like about the match? Oh, I liked the, the whole match. I, I um, What did I like about it? Uh, I Really, I liked 
I liked how good they were together. That was really good chemistry, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, what I liked is Malachi Black showing how athletic he is and getting a chance to show it. The last two weeks has just been him showing how incredibly athletic he is. Right. And I think that's really fun that I get to watch that in a narrative sense because he's a tall guy and yeah. they set him up as a striker and he's always this dark sort of mysterious guy, but his athleticism really shows. And this, in my opinion, is how you show a guy being really athletic and still having his own sort of interesting layered character. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I liked. All right. So uh, give her our final thoughts. Let's give you our final thoughts mm. in a bit. Okay. A.W. Dynamite in the books. What did you like about the show? What was your favorite thing about the show tonight? Oh, my favorite thing about the show tonight. What did I like? I liked, I would say, the first match. I love the storytelling of the first match. I love the action in the first match. I thought they did a great build to a crescendo. And I just thought it all came together. It was like poetry. It was, it was beautiful. I loved it. Um, D- Dustin Rhodes surprised me, even though I know he's a talented wrestler. It still surprises me that sometimes he can just come up and have those really clean, really good moves. And I just thought the whole thing was just really well done. Yeah, I think that Dustin's one of those guys that says it's a dance. And he has learned all of the steps over years. Yeah, he was definitely shit telling a story. They were both out there telling a story together. Yeah. And it was good. What, what about you? What did you like? Uh, my, my favorite thing about the, the, the show was that every match felt like it belonged on the show. Yeah. Every, even the promos all felt like they belonged on the show. Nothing felt like it was, oh, and now we'll take a piss break. Nothing was, okay, here's the boring segment. Here's the dull moment. I, I had found something that wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't because of its lack of inclusivity on the show. But my favorite thing was the Penelope Ford and Ruby Soho match because I don't get enough women's wrestling matches in general where it feels like it belongs on the show. It fit right in. It fit right in. It's not one and two and learning the steps and one and two and paint by numbers. It is quality match with two quality performers who I have seen be quality performers in the past. And now they're here in AEW doing this and giving me good match in the middle of all these other good matches. Right. So, yeah, that's what I liked. I liked. That was my favorite thing is that everything sort of flew together. And it really flew by. It, it, it's hard some days when we're doing this. It feels like, you know, we get a little tired doing this. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I am. I don't feel tired right now. I feel great about what I'm doing here. And I'm happy to be back doing it. So I guess my favorite thing is just, yeah, getting a good show for my comeback show. Yeah. So um, that's great. I, I agree. I agree. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the things that we talk about and then uh, close it out. Well, the things that we talk about. Uh, I First of all, I want to thank everyone for listening. It's growing little by little, and I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, we're trying to get better every week, and we can't do that without you. Yeah. So please um, feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think, um, where we might improve, or what what you liked about it. 
And if you're interested in reading any of my books, you can always go to my website, www.adelaidelory.com. You can find them there. Absolutely. Please keep engaging with us because the little bit of engagement we've gotten, I think, has made us better. I agree. So keep that up. Thank you so very much for listening. We are doing it for ourselves because we like it. But we like that you like it too. And we want you to like it. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything. From Adelaide Lori, I'm Javier Augusto. This has been We Like What We Like. Have a good one, guys. Yay! We'll be right back.